Hello and welcome to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative, author of How to Start a Side Hustle and resident business coach, serving you straight up business advice to help you start, grow and scale the business of your dreams. Hello and welcome back to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative, author of How to Start a Side Hustle and your resident business coach here. And on today's episode, I have an incredibly insightful guest and her name is Nat. She's the co-founder with her partner of Compass Studio and it's a independent uh, certified B Corp uh, PR and digital marketing agency. Nat shares some incredible insights about starting her business from scratch as a little, her first baby. Um, Yeah, having a family and and growing her business with her partner. Um, But some really amazing insights about the power of brand values, how to develop them, why they're so important, and how they can become the fundamental foundations of your marketing strategy. So if you're out there and you're thinking about how do I, where do I start with marketing and it's a big overwhelming world of, you know, agencies and courses and advice left, right and centre, Nat gives us a really clear formula on exactly where to start, how to approach it and how to um, design one for yourself and the benefits of doing some extra work on your business, your brand values, um, which will eventually inform a really effective, authentic marketing strategy. Lots of really incredible insights, a great chat, and some really practical advice that you should be able to action and get started on straight away. Enjoy the episode, guys. And you might hear Nat mention uh, her brand values document that she developed for Compass. Um, So she has offered for you to reach out to her, whether it's through their Instagram DMs uh, or through their website. Let them know that you heard this podcast and you're keen to check it out and Nat will be in touch. Incredibly generous offer and I love this about our guests, people who are willing to share their incredible insights um, and what they've done to help the rest of us. So yeah, enjoy. Thanks for being here, Nat, and uh, let me know how you go. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Nat. It's lovely to have you here. Good morning. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Um, happy Friday. We're doing this. I was, you were just sharing earlier. Thank you for being here. It's it's early on a Friday morning, um, but yeah, you you've got a lot on. You're juggling. I'm I'm just getting up in ocean swimming. But you've got two children, a company, a partner to to navigate. Yes, yes. There's a lot going on here, but um, I am trying to not use the word busy anymore. I'm really bored of using word so I'm trying to just say full life is full yeah yeah I love that why not busy can I ask well I feel like busy implies something negative and Mm. you know I have this I have this growing company that fulfills me I have two beautiful young kids who are crazy but also incredibly joyful I you know we live here on the northern beaches we get out every morning um, you know, when weather p- permits. So, yeah, there's a lot going on, but it's all good things. I wouldn't mm. have it any other way. And I feel like busy doesn't do that credit. Right. No, I love that. It's right because it's like, oh, I'm so busy, but it's also like you can be like, yeah, I'm, I'm so full of of good yeah. things happening and celebrating, right? Like, and that's, that's amazing. I can remember when we first started Compass and I would be like, okay, what do I do now? What do I do? Like, you know, do I like – how can I make this thing happen? And so now my days are full and that's amazing. That's exactly mm. what I wanted. No, I love that. We were both talking. We we got into this big, long conversation before we hit record. And I was like, we need to record. Um, but this idea, and I think we were chatting about where our paths have crossed over the years. And 
this idea of you know being in business from five to seven years between us and um this being able to celebrate yeah that almost like teenage stage in business right where we get to take a little bit of a step back and and be like wow I you know I'm not hustling for my next um paycheck or or panicking about where the next client's coming from or what to how to grow and things like that and how do we celebrate it yeah it's like it's such it it blows my mind compass celebrated um, it's fifth birthday this month, actually, and I wrote a journal article about it. Like the Compass, if Compass is my business baby, it's a fully fledged like uni student now. Like it's out in the world, it's doing its own thing. Um, it exists like without me, and sometimes even in spite of me. Like I have a whole team of incredible people now, and sometimes I'm like, well, wh- like what what do I do this afternoon? Um, and there's always something to do. And, you know, those days are very full, but it is nice to have built this thing that kind of you can step back from, from for even a minute. Yeah, it's the dream, right? It's, I still remember Sunday night, like sitting on the couch, just like trying to figure out how to build a website. Yeah, <laughs> or even like working from, you know, when, when travel was more of a thing, like the thing that the places that I would hotspot from and do calls mm. from like that it's um you know with my my first son who is four four next month I went back to work at three weeks postpartum because I just didn't I could step out of the business um for any longer and so I did so many our, our partner our beautiful partners were so understanding that I attended so many events and things like that with a baby strap to me thank goodness Darcy was a good good sleeper and a you know, happy to be in the carrier because I just didn't feel like I could stop. Mm. But it's also the beauty of it, right, is that you got to design it and do it your way, you know, like, I mean, and, and I, I'm sure there was a lot of challenges, but yeah, the one of the beauties of running your own business, I guess, is that you can be like, yep, I'm, um, I'm going to strap this baby to me and I'm going to keep going. <laughs> a- absolutely. And that is like the, for me, that is the, ultimate luxury and ultimate um success is being able to live life on your own terms yeah like I absolutely. have to be present in in my in the boy's life um and I can also be very fulfilled in something outside of motherhood yeah yeah no I love that and I think you know we'll get back to <laughs> our questions but I, I think that's like you know something I've been talking about especially with clients lately is like what we're actually exchanging for you know those um late nights and you know clunky parts of business and hustling away is freedom you know it's like you might not start out with the same paycheck as your as your business you know your career or you know what you would do if you're working for someone else but you're you've got freedom to design your life absolutely like when we first started compass luke and i took like I think we were paying ourselves like a fifth of what we'd previously been paid in the, the previous month um, um, for our last employee, like for our last jobs. But gosh, I would not have it any other way. Mm. I love yeah. that. Like I love that we took the leap and um, and the choices it affords us in our life. Yeah. No, amazing. And let's do that. Let's jump back into where that that leap started because I feel like we also owe Winnie a um a shout out here as, as a fan of. She's been very excited about this conversation. And hi, Winnie, if you're listening, I'm sure you'll be the first person to listen to this. Um, but I, an angel. she is. Um, and you know that's the thing. You have these people who work for you who are incredible. And yeah. Oh my goodness! They they care. They made this thing that they care about enough to work for us. Like they want they want to work for us, which still. Mm. But, yeah. Well, even to the you know like um, they're gonna give her a big shout out here is that you know not just only work for it but <laughs> yeah but just go out to you know bat for you as well you know and be like hey this is a cool thing and um 
and also just yeah a legend of a person I was actually telling my partner about Winnie <laughs> it's not about Winnie but I was like every time I read her emails I laugh out loud <laughs> because we've gotten into this thing where we just now open our whenever we like it's like hi hi Kay or hi Winnie and then we have a quick discussion or a line about the current astrology and then we're like okay now we need these things done <laughs> Very winning. Very winning. <laughs> yeah, it's very on brand. I love it. But let's uh let's jump back into you and your story and where Compass came from and and what it does and and your leap story in that startup phase for you. Yeah, so Compass Studio is an independent B Corp PR and digital marketing agency. So we specialize in ethical, sustainable, and responsible brands. Um, I started Compass with my husband, Luke. Five years ago, as I mentioned, um, when we were kind of at the peak of our professional careers. So we were doing jobs. Um, I was in publishing as a commercial director and Luke was a shareholder in a PR agency. And, you know, we were really good at what we did. We got paid quite well, but we just, you know, we just were so not passionate about it. We used to discuss almost daily going on a sabbatical um, and just not working for a couple of years. And then we worked out that that wasn't actually possible. So we were like, what could we do that we actually, like we've got these skills in PR and marketing. How can we put it to good use? And how can we do something that we're passionate about? Like, you know, Monday to Friday, we're not always wishing for the weekend or planning our next holiday. So we started Compass um, and we set out with the motto to do good work for brands that do good. And so what that basically means is we created the dinner party rule. And that means that myself and Luke and anyone who works for Compass has to be passionate enough about our clients to talk about them at a dinner party. So to be proud of the work they're doing, to be inspired by the stories, to, to just be like, like we had the coolest partners and they're doing some exceptional stuff for the planet and the world and society. And we just wanted to keep that kind of like, we thought if, if we're passionate about it, you know, this success can only come. Um, and mm. so far, five years later, that has worked. Amazing. I love that. And I also just love that you call them partners <laughs> too, because yeah. it's such a like, that's a reflection of your work, I feel, is, yeah, it's not like, clients or you know it just feels more relationshipy i am very um forthcoming in that we are not the we are not the quick and dirty fix for mm. um marketing or pr we are long-term partners we're integrated mm. members we're extensions of our partners team so yeah we get to know them and because you know we have to be a mouthpiece for them with media or online with their communities so it's really important mm. that we um you know, feel like a part of, we feel like one team. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And I think, I mean, I'm, I'm really interested to dive into your expertise in this marketing space as well and, mm. you know, navigating COVID and everything. And I think something you said there around like, yeah, it's not a quick fix. And as a business coach, you know, I think there's a lot of companies that come to me who, you know, people are starting out with their, you know, and marketing is obviously a huge part of of setting up a business. Um, and then there's people, you know, who have been in for a while and maybe they haven't had to market, but now they're looking to expand and there's so many different stages to it. But um, I have definitely encountered clients who have been ripped off by that quick fix marketing, you know, Turn around, don't you? You you so want it. I want a quick fix to everything. I want a quick mm. fix to hiring right now, to finding talent. But it's just there is really no quick fix, and I'm always suspicious when someone says there is. Mm. Most good, most things take time. Right. And I think that's, um, you know, that's that's obviously part of building a company that you want to take the time with, <laughs> as what you've done with Compass. Um, but maybe we can dive into to some of that marketing tips while we're here in terms of, um, yeah, what what makes a good marketing strategy? What do you think are the, the foundations or where should people kind of start or 
or what should they consider, you know, when the right time to jump in and work with a, a company and what kind of stuff are you guys doing? There's a lot of questions in there. So. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start at the beginning. What makes a good a good marketing strategy and what do you think the foundations are of, of that? I think a company should, well, I think first and foremost, a company should always identify what they value. So every every business should have um, their core value stock. And I think that's where we start our marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. So like what areas are you passionate about? What are you expert on? Speak to that loudly and proudly. Mm-hmm. Um, tell the human story and like know your audience and give them the language to talk about that to their friends. Like, you know, you could have the best product in the world, the best service in the world, but if your audience doesn't understand it or doesn't have the words to explain it, mm-hmm. it's unfortunately useless. Baroni is mm-hmm. good as like, you know, it all goes back to word of mouth, like even digital PR, it's going, it, at the end of the day, what you're trying to do is give your end consumer words to talk about it to their friends and family, like the dinner party rule, where we're trying to make the dinner party rule, rule go global. Um, so I always say to a client, how would you explain it to my mum? So my mum in her 60s, she is an excellent word of mouth ma- marketer if she... Um, if she finds something she loves, she will tell every single person she loves, she knows about it, but she just needs like, she needs the quick sentences or she needs those infographics or she needs to read about it in, you know, the newspaper on the weekend to, to really validate why she's paying for this product or why she's using the product. So I guess like that is at the core. And, and in order to do that, you have to speak about what you value and what you know. I love that. And uh, can I ask about the values? Because I know that this is something that our audience, I think, would be really interested in. And I get asked a lot. Do you think that the values come from the founder or is is it as a brand? Like where, where do you draw that line or do they, I guess, like I think what a lot of people struggle with and um, would be keen to hear your advice on is, yeah, how close and is your personal values and, and life and as a personality to the brand you know is it can it be the same thing does it have to be the same thing well Luke and I wrote our company values doc um before we had a team so when it was just Luke and I we 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 define compass as separate to ourselves so compass is our business baby but it's it's a person in itself um and and we wrote those values about what what we value in each, like we wrote it for a team that we didn't have. What we what um, we represent in the world, our impact, what we value in each other as a team before we had a team, um, and we have kept those values. We go through we go through the values with every single person on their first day, and in our policies and procedures document, it, the very first note is even doubt go back to our values, um, and that has kind of defined our internal values and our external values for anyone who is interested I'd be happy to link them in the show notes if you're um, interested in reading our company values but it's like a one-page doc yeah I love that and it's like um, for those who might want to get started on this at home it's like that persona right like having your your company and if somebody was to encounter this like um, you know, what do and don't you do? And it and it becomes your navigation system in every decision that you make in your business. But I think, yeah, then it also becomes how you market, right? Like, for example, yeah, like that find talking. Content, content. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. I like that idea of um of talking to you, like how would you describe it to your mum? Because uh, my sisters are similar. They're very good at um you know, they'll, they'll sit around the table and I love when they do it. And I, like, I make it like a business strategy session. And I'm like at coffee with my sisters. I'm like, and they're like, oh, you know, I'm doing this thing and you should do this. And like, have you seen this? And, and I just love watching them talk about other brands and I'll be like, so why, <laughs> why do you like it? Where'd you find it? You know, how much did you spend on it? Yeah. What made you, you know, so interesting and especially people out of the bubble uh, out of the bubble you have to talk to those people I do the same with my sister mm. I, I say so do you care if influencers, influencers are being paid to to market a product to you and she's like no like or like or yes or and like I just I'm just interested in the opinions of those who aren't deep in this conversation 
Yeah, right. But I think that's also, you know, for people who might be in that early stage startup thing space and listening to this and maybe can't, is DIYing their marketing to begin with. It's, um, you know, it's a really good, easy place to start. It's ask people, you know, like if if I often, if I've got the time and energy and, and clarity to get into a conversation or headspace, if somebody sends me a DM and says, I love the book or, you know, I listen to the podcast, um, I'm a big fan of your podcast, but great, what episode did you like? And what did you get, you know, have you started your side hustle? And, um, and you yeah. just, you can ask people, like, what did you like about it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's a, um, but a brand that does it really well, for anyone who wants to, is not, and it's not a partner of ours, is Emma Lewisham, which is a circular beauty brand so they're the world's first circular um, beauty brand and they do really good so they do um you buy product from them and then you reuse the packaging and you buy um it's a really really cool concept and they uh they do their infographics really really well and their social media really well explaining how much carbon you save by using the um you by using the product and the impact you're making by making by choosing that brand so I think that that's a really good one to look at when explaining um a, a, like a point of difference to consumers yeah cool I'll check it out and include it in the show notes which is um leads me to my question I think we have we we'll circle back to this yeah. foundations but I think it's it's valuable to talk about um your values obviously as as a company and then you know, how it has led you to working with ethical brands and, and yeah, being quite um, open and, and also being a, a B Corp yourselves. Um, yeah, how it, what was the kind of value, I guess, that you, that that comes under? And I think you know, back to quickly on that point is, yeah, I think brand values and especially marketing and drawing attention to a brand based on, hey, here's what we stand for it is you're going to be checked in every like corner about whether you really stand for that. And I think, yeah, you guys are a good example of that, of like, you know, um, every touch point is yeah. oozing the values. Oh, thank you. I, um, I think that the reason that we, like Compass values the impact that we as marketers have to change the world. So, sorry, the potential that we as marketers have to change the world. So I think if you are given any superpower in this life, you need to use it. We all have a responsibility as humans to use it as a force for good. So Luke and I were given PR and marketing. That's what we're really good at. We're not scientists. We're not doctors. Um, but we are, this is our space and we feel like we can move, move the needle here. So we um, we work with brands who make the world bettering brands, and we help them amplify their messaging to get more consumers, more bigger audiences, and more share of voice in a very crowded marketplace. Because I think if you can change consumption habits, you can change the world. I love that. I love looking at it from a superpower. My head was like, what's my superpower? <laughs> um, I think it's a really good question for people to ask. Like it's almost like going back to the fundamentals of starting a business or if you're, you know, feeling lost or you're looking to attract more business. It's like, yeah, what is my superpower is a really simple question that people can. It's often the e like it's often the easiest answer because I think people think about it too deeply um, but like I, I, we were just good at comms. And so we're like, okay, how do we use this for, for the planet, for people, for like, just to, just to not feel, just to feel like we're doing our part. And, mm -hmm. and that's how Compass came, came into um, fruition. I love that. And it's, I think it's really nice to just, yeah, simplify it. And I think for people to realize as well as that, it, yeah, it's like start with what you're good at and mm. then you can add the layers. So it's not like, oh, well, everyone can do that. But then that's where you start to niche and, and stand out and, you know, um, yeah, create a, a business that has a value and a story is 
okay, cool. You know, we've got this skill set, but we actually want to change the planet or make it a better place. And then how can we do that? And how can we apply these two things? And that's where you start to, yeah, like build on the business model. Because I think a lot of people are like, well, everyone does comms. I know. But then, but you know what, when we started Compass, we were told that specializing in the responsible brand space was far too niche. Every single person we spoke to said, it's, you know, there's no money in green. And I was like, which I hate, I hate that term green. There's no money in eco. And we were like, oh, you know what? We're going to give it a red hot go anyway, um, because we're not doing this for money. Otherwise we'd stay in our corporate jobs. But Compass, like, you know, it, it, we now have this space has exploded and we now have probably five times the competitors that we had in market five years ago. And it's a great thing because, you know, our competitors inspire us. Um, you know, they make us better. I think it's a great thing that everyone's specialising in this space. And, and, and so, yeah, there may be plenty of people doing this, but no one can do it like you do it. Everyone puts mm. their own individual flair and there, there is space in the market for everyone. I think it's just thinking to yourself, okay, yeah, I've got, there's a lot of people doing this, but I can do it better. And the, re- and the way that Compass has always done it better is certification and credibility and authority in the space. So we were the youngest agency in Australia to ever be B certified. Um, so for those listening, B Corp, um, B certified is part of the... Um, B Corp means that you're a B Corp. So B Corp is a global um, body that certifies companies for their um, for their ethical environmental responsibilities. And um, there's about at the moment, I think there's about 250 B Corps in Australia, but it's a big process. So you can't become a B Corp till you're at least three years old. And um, becoming a B Corp can take anywhere from like six months to years Mm. Um, but it was a real priority for compass early on to become a b corp because we wanted the good that we do to be quantified so we wanted we didn't want to just say we were doing good we wanted to know we were doing good Mm. so we went through the b corp um, impact assessment which is basically a third party um like a third party auditing and it took us about six months but we were B certified almost three years ago. Congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be a huge trend and I think, um, oh, not a trend, sorry, like, yeah, I mean, it, I guess it's a trend, but I think it's a big movement towards towards that and it's almost like that builds on top of that values thing, right, because I'm also wary that some people are like, okay, cool, well, now I should be B Corp and yeah, it's a, it's a big, expensive, you know, long process, but I think it's like it makes sense for you guys. And when you look at the Compass website and the brands that you're working alongside and, and you know, the way that you talk about, you know, the structure and things that you've built as a, as a company, it, it suits your brand values to be like, well, we're going to also do it this way, you know, and that, you know, I think it's, yeah, it builds on that. And it's also how you, you carve out that niche for you as well. Exactly. And also like being a B Corp is hard, but it, it means something. So it should be hard and it does make you a better pr- business in, in the process. So mm-hmm. the process of the impact assessment makes you look at every internal and external process. So mm-hmm. I would challenge anyone who has it on their radar just to do the impact assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no cost to do that. And just kind of look at how you're scoring um, and because it does make you really think every single thing within your business is audited. So it really makes you think and, and I guess redo the way you work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love, I think it is a, um, and, and I think back to the point to around green or eco, it's like, yeah, the greenwashing has been real in that, you know, my friend um, Tansy is huge and a sustainability expert and um, does this, the impact assessments for a lot of brands but, um, you know, has has opened my eyes to like, you know, Cole's brand or Woolworth's brand that's like, hey, if we put these things in brown paper wrapping and, you know, a little tree on the front, then people will be like, oh, yeah, that looks like the better version when really they're not really much different. You can have organic in your brand name without being organic. 
Really? You, yeah. So, so like you're, if you're, if you're interested in an organic mm-hmm. product, you should be looking for organic certified, like yeah. going back to my earlier point, certification matters. Yeah. Um, no. And, and yeah, it's like, yeah. it's when we're, we're marketers, we will always be able to make something sound good, but I guess where like the credibility exists is like not just saying it, but actually doing it. And that means certification and auditing. Yeah. Um, which is great because I feel like it builds back to our <laughs> foundations or a key key elements of a good marketing strategy. Cause I don't, we started with values, which we've touched on um, and then giving it that, that words and how people talk about it and, and, you know, how would you explain it to Nat's mum? <laughs> um, <laughs> shout out to mum. Is there anything else in that, yeah, process of building a marketing foundation that you would recommend? I think tell human stories. So we've been doing um, like some testing at Compass and we, this is, this is like uh, nothing has been released on this, but um, we think the algorithm is favouring human faces um, as opposed to, you know, landscape images or stock photos. or um, and, and there's no doubt that communities favour that too. So they want to know who the person behind the brand, the people behind the brand. They want the storytelling. Um, you know, I know there's a big trend towards quick content, real content, TikTok, um, and that there's a place for that um, in terms of a trend, but also, you know, there's also a, pla- a big, big place in your marketing strategy for long-form content, for journal articles, for podcasts, for, mm-hmm. for real stories, for advice, for, mm-hmm. for the human element of your brand because um, I guess that's, that's how you will go from just the cart to the heart that's a very like that's a that's a big big marketing sentence right there mm-hmm. but um it is true like that's how you build return customers is you 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 implant the stories in in your buyer mm, i love that cut to the heart because it's right it's like when you a brand a customer cares about you and they're, they're telling the story and they're like oh you know my mum is a, like a boss for this she's like oh you know it was made by this person and I stopped and I chatted to them and they do this and they've got you know they've got kids that went to school here and like and yeah. you know they become you become a customer that aid spreads the word but also you care and it's so you you become loyal and you return well it's a real like it's a real business and that's the reason why Coles and Woolies they can't have like otherwise they would just put their own brand or like they would just have their own brand on every product in the shelf, but people mm. still want to buy from brands. Mm. Um, they want they want the the story or the USP or they they still they still choose brands. So it's like how can you how can you make sure that they know what they're choosing? Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, putting the face, and I think that's a, I'm thinking about now. The other day, I was scrolling through Instagram, and everything was video and people talking to camera. Um, and you know, I don't know about you guys, but I definitely like yeah, even as a public speaker, I still am just like Ooh, speaking to camera, like on Instagram. I'm like, nah, I'm not. Re- I just can't do it today. <laughs> like, I have to psych myself up for it. Um, but I hate. Yeah. <laughs> I know and people are like, you know, but like, you know, I know it and I see it and I'm like triggered, like um, stop like showing me what you want me to do. But um, I really like that advice you gave because, um, you know, for not speaking to camera as much of late, I have been really enjoying writing and I've been reading a lot of research and, and I tend to, and even just, you know, novels and things and, I've had a few moments of late where it's all kind of just clicked and I'm like, oh yeah, that's what I want to write about. And then I can sit down and, and smash a blog out. And randomly enough, this, um, this podcast in the States reached out and said, um, we'd love to have you on the podcast. And I was like, oh yeah. And I did my thing. And I was like, oh, where did you hear about me or something? And they're like, oh, we read this, or I think I said something about what topics and they said, oh, we read this blog that you wrote and we really liked it and we think we want to talk, 
topic like that. And I remember just being like, I've got nothing else in me today. I'm just going to sit and write something and do this. And it's, yeah, it was just that nice reminder of people still read blogs. <laughs> and I bet no one's ever done that from a 15 second reel said, I watched your reel and it inspired me to get in touch. <laughs> I watched you dancing on TikTok and now I want you to give business advice. <laughs> But in saying that, um, so when we think of trends um, in the PR and marketing space right now, TikTok was referenced more than Google last year. So although we don't necessarily, like, when I heard that stat, I, like, researched the hell out of it because I didn't believe it. Um, Mm. But it is true and and it had to sit with me for a while because I personally... Um, don't like face to camera and, and you definitely will never catch me dancing on camera mm-hmm. on a TikTok or anything like that. Um, but it is something that brands need to consider. Um, but like, you know, I think TikTok has evolved. Like there is this still the stupid dancing sort of stuff that we just kind of chuckle at um, and then move on from. But there's also like a lot of like tips-based content and helpful content on TikTok. Yeah. Um, I do you think like this video real kind of real life content is stuff is something that brands have to have in their marketing strategy for the next year ahead? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's an advice-giving. It you know, like, away. Right. Do you th- do you think that like brands should you know decide on what is right for them? Do you know what I mean like it's it, it? Yeah. What's your advice? Because I know you know. People ask that question a lot, you know, it's like, you know, where do I start when there is all of these different platforms trying to get me on there and everyone's saying, if you're not on TikTok, you're missing out. Like, what's your kind of advice around that? I think start with, like, especially if it's just you starting out, um, mm. start with what you're comfortable with because you're going to do that best. Mm. Um, you know, we started with Instagram and we built a community there and because that's what I was most, I was doing social media at the time and that's what I was most comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we built a meaningful community that from there and then we can, and then you can just add from there. You can add as you, as you expand and grow and, you know, grow your learning and, and also grow your team, you'll have people start that maybe be uh, more comfortable in other places of other platforms and things like that but I think start with what you know and what you're and what you're wishing to commit to yeah great no it's a good advice and actually it just made me think and I don't I haven't researched it properly to see but it made me think this I girl boss which um was Sophia um she did she wrote girl boss yeah. the book I can't remember her last name um yeah, I but, what's that can't remember her last name either yeah but she you know that she was very much the face of the brand and you know over the years um I don't even know whether she sold it or what's happening but is not so much anyway they always pop up in my feed and they haven't um checked it out yet but they've got different creators who will be like hey here's here's my piece of advice um and I looked at one the other day and it was just somebody who was really confident talking to camera and just was like energetic and inspiring and articulate and got the point across really well. And I thought to myself, well, that's, you know, you would, that's smart. You know, maybe it's about finding people who that is their strength and they can come in and give the, the piece of advice or, you know, and speak to camera and diversifying that way. Like there's so yeah. many ways you can create content. Totally. And maybe if you've got a product, you want to send out some products to like influencers to create your, to create those contacts, um, yeah. um, to create content for you. Like you don't necessarily have to do it yourself, but you have to have a yeah. community to start off with. So I think right. just start with what you know and then grow from there. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, is there any other marketing trends that you're seeing or giving advice? Or I know we've got lots of um, incredible in pack I mean um, tips in here but yeah maybe before we round it up is there any other trends or advice and things that you're seeing or that would be good for people to know yeah I think diversification of social spend so um I know you you know when we're considering like um paid socials so we have been largely dominated by meta 
so Facebook and Instagram in years past. But we are seeing some great results for a fraction of the cost and so much support internally from Pinterest and TikTok in terms of paid ads. Um, so you don't even have to, you know, have a TikTok presence to be advertising on TikTok and Pinterest is so good. Um, like just the support that you get because obviously with Meta, it's impossible to speak to a real person and, you know, you're not considered, you have to spend hundreds and hundreds of thousands in order to be considered like a client of Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but Pinterest and TikTok are so helpful. Um, so I feel like if you are considering a paid social strategy, um, you know, perhaps start there. Um, and can I ask about that? Because I know that people go, well, you know, what do you, you just run ads to to your website. Or, is there any quick tips for people out there around their um, but starting out with a paid strategy? Yes. So um, I... <laughs> We had the, we have a, an amazing performance marketing manager, Tom, who's actually just last week left for London. Damn those borders. Mm-hmm. But I can remember when he explained to me the funnel um, and it blew my mind. And when he was leaving last week, he we had a laugh because he's like, you know, I was explaining the easiest concept to you and you were just mind blown. But basically a paid strategy should work like a funnel. So if you imagine, and it's hard to do this on a podcast, but imagine an upside down triangle. So most your spend goes into the top of the triangle, the top of the triangle, and that's the reach. So in like widening your audience and capturing as many people as possible. The second bit of your funnel is engagement. Um, so that's where, you know, uh, the middle bit of your spend goes, not as much as, reach and then the pointy end is conversion so a lot of people when they do paid strategy they do all their budget into conversion but you cannot convert a cold audience you have to warm them up in those top two stages and it's really good advice for people out there you know it's like the reach of getting people to know about your brand you know and then you move them down and I still to this day have people who are like you know I've been following you for four years and now I'm ready for coaching you know um, yeah. so they've been in they've been in that top of the triangle bit yeah. um, I think the, the biggest mistake we make is you know we want that quick fix with paid mm. ads so we want to just we're like okay we just want this on cart conversion which I get but unfortunately as humans we don't we don't use mm. the internet like that. Right. And I think I I don't even remember the last time I posted about, like I'll, I'll be like, oh, in, in an EDM, like a mailing mail out, I'll be like, oh, if you're interested in coaching or I've got some spots available or get in touch um, with a link to an email, but it's never strategic. <laughs> and it's just, you know, um, but I don't post about it on Instagram or anything. It's actually the, the engagement and then people kind of, piece it together themselves well exactly that's even how like that's how a marketing strategy overall should work right like it's like we work on on building a community on engaging a community and then at the nth 11th hour we convert them mm-hmm. yeah and I think that comes back to you know that brand values and and giving I think that giving the words is the solution, right? It's like when somebody, I always say that when, when is this person going to come looking for you? So it's like, you know, Hey, you startup creative is the go-to source for straight up business advice. It's like, what I want is that person to say, I've got an idea and someone interrupts them. And it's like, right, I know, I've got not, like, I'm going to, you have to go to Startup Creative, you know. So it's like, what is that point where somebody is going to repeat the words that you gave them to give a solution to somebody else or themselves? Exactly. And how can can you be part of the process? Because, like, you're, you're. I like your role as a brand or a service isn't to like change, like reinvent the wheel. It's to click into their process. And at what point do they say, yeah, you have to go to startup creative. Mm, Yeah. And it also means, which is kind of circles back to where we started is playing the long game and long-term partnerships because you, you will be the, the conversion will happen when they go, oh, yeah, 
you know, I'm ready for coaching or I'm ready to take action on this business. But you actually have to know the pre before that. Like you actually should be an understanding the journey before them, before they get to that point so that you can be there as a reminder along the way until they're ready. Hmm. You there? Yes. Yes. Oh, cool. Last year. <laughs> um, hey, can I ask a quick myth-busting question? Because I feel like it's a stat that I researched a while back when I was doing a talk and probably repeat more than I should, knowing, <laughs> having not double-checked it um, for a while. But how many times do people need to see or hear about a brand and a solution before they take action? Seven. It's the Coca-Cola rule. I feel like that's all. I I feel like that's the one thing that I learned in uni. Yeah. (laughs) Like that was a great, great four years (laughs) to learn. Um, But yeah, it's seven times. So um, it was some study. So here we go. This is four years of uni (laughs) um, distilled, but it was, it was based on, um, a study done by Coca-Cola that said that you need to um, use the logo in order to become like a household name um, or a recognisable brand. You need to see this, um, the logo or the brand reference seven times before you actually even register it or remember it. Mm. Right. So that, that would, (laughs) (laughs) so that would be like, you know, seeing it on television, maybe in this, like someone, you know, has bought it on the shelves when you go down on the billboard when you drive down the street like those seven touch points right yeah absolutely and you have to like and you know I okay so I've got some homework for everyone so see a blue car today so once Mm -hmm. your eyes open to it you will see blue cars everywhere blue is the least common color car but Mm -hmm. once you are once you become aware of this colour, you'll see it all the time. So that's what we're aiming to do with brands. We, 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 you know, put it, you know, through PR, we put it in publications, TV, radio, through social, we put it on, like, on their Instagram, in their inbox. Um, you know, you might see it on shelves. But once someone becomes aware to it, once that, hopefully that seven times, apparent seven times clicks through, you see it everywhere. Mm. Yeah, I love that. That's a great piece of homework. I'm going to do that. I mean, yeah. I feel like you've just implanted it in my brain, so I can't not. I just saw a blue car drive past. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I really did. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm going to I'm going to circle back with how many blue cars. Yeah. Anyone Anyone listening, let us know. We'll see. Maybe we should run a competition. Who gets the most? Um, blue cars in a day hey before we wrap up because there's so much amazing advice in here is there is there one final tip or piece of advice that you would give to businesses out there I know that there feels like a really big um I think I think sometimes there's a overwhelm or a negativity or you know too hard or where do I start um mentality when it comes to marketing and you know advice and transit people can get really overwhelmed really quickly and yeah if there was some place for them to or way a piece of advice that you would give to those out there who are just like yeah I don't even know where to start with marketing I would say just start like just do what you're do what you're comfortable with. So we're so just distilling what we've we've mentioned in this episode today. So write your values, and then decide what you can speak on authentically, passionately, and you can be an expert on. And then maybe like you know choose your platforms. Like maybe you choose for now a blog and Instagram. And so take those values and put them into content content pillars. And then go from there and just do, and just, you don't have to do your, you don't have to do a yearly marketing strategy. Compass doesn't even do yearly marketing strategies. We do quarterly marketing strategies because the world moves so quickly, especially in the last two years. Um, Mm -hmm. We just have to be nimble and flexible with it. So just Mm. start out with a plan to do it for three months and then see how you go. And in the meantime, utilize all the scheduling tools um utilize time blocking to write content so if you don't particularly enjoy writing um 
you know, set aside a day to, to push out three blogs or think something like that. So just, just, just commit to three months and see how you go. Mm, I love that. And just as a, a fun, a tip of that, you know, scheduling content and time blocking, something that I've done recently is get a bunch of templates made up. So obviously like part of my, you know, content pillars is education um, and inspiration. So yeah, creating those, you know, a, a template for like an advice reel that you can get, you know, um, designed into Canva so that you can, uh, you know, do like a little swipe through carousel on Instagram whenever I decide to come up with some great advice. <laughs> um, right. And I think when you have your content pillows, like pick like five, for example. So, for example, ours is like education, client testimonials, environment, um, people and tips. And then so when I'm wondering what, when I used to do the social schedule and I was like, what do I talk about? You just go back to those five pillows. I'm like, okay, it's a tips. It's a tips day. So I'm just going to write a tip. And you can find, and you can Right. And it's like you, and I have my little hacks, like, you know, so often I'm, I've got a Pinterest board that's called business coaching. I think it's called. And it, um, I, whenever I'm on there, I'll save, it's just quotes. And so when I sit and look at my Instagram, I'm like, cool. Yeah. The inspirational quote is I'm ready for inspiration. I'll just go and spend five minutes with my morning coffee and scroll through that board and, and be like, cool. How do I feel today? And what do I want to, given inspiration on and so you have your little hacks to try and limit uh, reduce some of the blockages between getting started on content I think yeah and if you just like uh, the most useful thing that I ever read about um starting a business and that applies to starting starting (laughs) marketing starting marketing too is um it was by Jack at the Broad Place and it said I know there's a lot of messaging, just do it and find your wings on the way, blah, blah, blah. I would prefer to say be prepared, pack your provisions and don't assume the terror is just the, is just at the beginning start part of the journey. So, mm. like, I would say to that, just, just, you know, get started and just get uncomfortable because mm. there's so much joy in creation and there's so much like we spoke about at the beginning of the podcast five years later seven years later there's so much joy in creating something and living on your own terms but there is going to be a lot about a business that you don't enjoy doing or you're overwhelmed with or um like that just continues that mm. like you know my challenges are just different depending on the day but I think the most important thing is just saying yeah this is going to be hard but I'm going to do it anyway mm. I love that. What a beautiful piece of advice to finish on. Thank you so much for sharing so much wisdom and insights and yeah, tips and all the things and for being here um, in amongst your busy schedule, Nat. Full, full schedule. (laughs) (laughs) Full, sorry, 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 full. (laughs) Only took me an hour to get it wrong. (laughs) Very full. Thank you so much. Impactful. Pleasure. Thank you for being here. (laughs) 